Hello and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. And I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're back with another extraordinary conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. It's great to be back with you today uh, on this show, talking about family life, vocation, you know, holiness in the little things, you know, just about what we're trying to do, you know, like we're-, yeah, we're meticulously prepared episodes. So prepared, you know. We spend hours preparing for these episodes. No, as we've talked about many times in the past, I mean, <laughs> part of what we're doing here is just like, we are always in conversation in our lives, in our marriage, about you know the, the next steps of conversion, of growing in prayer, of growing in our vocations, of working through our missteps, working through our faults and all this kind of stuff. It's a lively conversation. Uh, we enjoy it. We get a lot out of it. Maybe you'll get a little bit out of it. Hopefully, you know, you're, you're working through the same conversations in your marriage and family. If we can be a tiny little bit of encouragement or inspiration to you, um, we'd be glad to be that. So what are we talking about today? Well, talk before about, we talk about yeah, this, okay, sure. I am in need of a favor. Mm. <laughs> and and this isn't one of those kind of marketing favors, okay? okay? If you listen to this show, will you please leave an iTunes review? Oh. Or wait, is that where people leave reviews? That's a place to leave okay. reviews, sure. I will read every one of them, but I just, I have this feeling that I don't know if anyone actually listens to us. <laughs> And so if you do listen to us, and if you listen to us on a regular basis, could you please leave us an iTunes? I don't even, we don't even have an email for this show, so I don't know how else you'd contact me. So an iTunes review or like a YouTube comment, we are on YouTube. We Yeah, anyway. I just, I, think I, I would made, like to have a little bit of I think of I like did make an email for the show. Feedback. I think elevateordinary at gmail.com is real. I have to check is it. Is it? Yes. Okay, so we don't know. I haven't checked it for a while. iTunes review. Anyway. Teresa will read them. Yeah. Just so I have some idea that people are out there listening to us, Nick assures us it's in the it's tens of thousands a month, and I just I don't believe it. So if you're out there, can you please tell us that you're out there? Okay, thank All you. All right, with that. Okay. So today, as usual, yes. John Mark opens our recording sessions in prayer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and today, John, we have a daughter receiving her first Holy Communion tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. She's so excited. She is like our most pious child. And her preparation for this has just been stunning. She's so excited. Um, And so we printed out like a novena Mm -hmm. to do leading up to... um, To St. Therese, right? uh, Yeah, to St. Therese, because she's lovely and sometimes she gives roses. (laughs) That's why I picked it. Um, And uh, I totally forgot. Yeah, I you, handed you out the novena out, sheets like last week. Yeah, I handed like, out yeah. the novena sheets to everybody, and then I forgot to even pray it once. And I was just like, I realized it a couple of days ago, and I'm like, oh, darn it. Oh well. Yeah. And so John Mark opened our session in prayer, and he's like, oh, I forgot to do the novena prayer. Let's pray this too. And I was like, oh, thank you so much for remembering to do this novena. We all forgot. We haven't been doing it. And John Mark says. Oh, well, you asked, have you been doing it? I'm like, I've been doing it today. No, (laughs) Jemmerick says it's Friday. And Friday is the day I do my novena. Oh, Friday is my novena day. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? what? (laughs) That's not how novenas work. (laughs) Yes. And then I proceeded to rant. I'm going to rant again now. (laughs) Okay. So So, I, you know, it's taken me, it's taken me decades. (laughs) And this, you know, Maybe this is nobody else's fault but mine. I'm going to assume it's it's my fault. But like it's just taken me a long time to really get my mind around novenas, right? I feel like for the longest time I just never got around to praying novenas, which well, is a novena is nine yeah. days of intentional prayer to you know to a saint for an intention that you do. And again, it's usually nine days, right? And I it it, it occurred to me not long ago, like 
I've always wanted to pray. I've always been called to this sort of very purposeful prayer. I felt that call. But I haven't prayed very many novenas because I started a few and messed, messed them up and then got discouraged and then never picked up novenas again or, or kept like putting them off because I was like, I'm going to mess it up again. I'm going to miss one day. I'm going to mess up the whole thing, right? And it just occurred to me like not long ago, like what a, what a goofy way to think of prayer. That can't possibly be what no, no, how novenas work. Novenas are not magic, just like prayer is not magic. I guess that, that's the topic we want to talk about today. Is like, okay, starting with novenas, like a novena as nine days of purposeful prayer for a topic, it's traditionally nine days, but there's, it's, not, it's not a magic formula. It's not like it has to be nine days, for one thing. And it's not like if you miss a day that you've suddenly messed it up and the prayer doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's funny how easy that kind of thinking gets into our mind because we're always struggling. We're always fighting this battle in all aspects of our faith to keep moving our mind into the reality of, of who God is and not who we think he is or the way that we expect things to work out. And prayer is powerful, but prayer is powerful because of God's grace, because of our relationship with him. It's not powerful because it's a magic formula, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, so just... Uh, for people listening, the reason why novenas are nine days is because mm. they waited for nine days in the upper room when right. they were scared, mm-hmm. you know, um, the apostles, sorry. Yeah. Um, but even so, like, so I'm a historian, I would hear that and I would give that explanation to people, but still to me, I'd be like, well, that's arbitrary, right? That feels arbitrary to me. Mm. And I think, I think so also I run pilgrimages. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, I work for, um, Catholic faith journeys and, uh, Maggie, she's awesome. She's out on, she's in the Holy land right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And pilgrimages are so efficacious. They are so efficacious, not just when you're on pilgrimage, but then when you come back, the fruits that you see like in that parish and in those lives are like lifelong. Like they're just incredible. They just unfold like a flower for the rest of their lives or an onion, depending on mm-hmm. the metaphor you like. <laughs> so, um, but pilgrimages aren't magic. You know, I remember one time I went to Medjugorje and I was getting like really irritated. It was the first time I was there. I expected it to be like a super holy, amazing place, which it was. But when I initially got there, I was just like so freaked out by the Italian pilgrims who just like bump in front of you, grab their rosary and like rub it on the thing you're praying in front of and then run away to go to the next thing. Okay, and that's, I guess that's just a thing with Italian culture, but like it really bothered me. Anyway, so that was a tangent. So pilgrimages are not magic. It's not magic that you take your place, you take yourself to this place and do a seance and the vortex opens. Mm -hmm. Pilgrimages are you taking your free will Okay, what the angels don't have. You have a body, you have free will. And you choose to take your money, your body, your time, and your effort. And pilgrimages used to be really arduous. Travel used to be really arduous. Mm -hmm. Now, if you travel with Catholic faith journeys, you will likely be in air conditioning. (laughs) Um, But like they used to be really arduous, you know? And you would take your free will and you would promise to God that you would complete this action. Right. As a sacrifice, as an offering um, with a heart of sacrifice and offering. What's that? Two old men. There's a book. 
by a guy who I can't even remember. It's called Two Old Men. Uh-huh. But it, it's about a pilgrimage and the hearts on the pilgrimage. Mm. It's a really good book. Um, it's a really short story. You can probably find it free online. Um, so, um, but I think that the point is that we have a body, we have free will mm-hmm. until we take our last breath. And with that, we make we an make intention and we yeah. sacrifice for it. And I think novenas yeah. or like intentional amounts yeah. of prayer, like Lent or, you know, the novena to St. Anthony is like 13 days right. because it's feast days on the 13th, you know, like, yeah. so, so there are variations to these novena yeah. ideas. Um, but I, I think the efficaciousness as all things in Christianity lies in the heart mm-hmm. and the will and the right. sacrifice. Yeah. It's not that the, it's not that the details don't matter in these things. It's not that the nine days don't matter. It's not that they're do, doing that with that symbolic meaning of, of let's pray nine days representing those days that the, the apostles prayed and waited with, uh, with Mary in the upper room, right? That's what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that actually. Oh. So that, that doesn't matter, but we have to get our thinking right on why it matters. And that's kind of the key here that we're exploring a little bit today. The, the, the slipping into magical thinking about the spiritual life. In other words, there's these external things that if we get the formula right, then poof, that's powerful, uh, rather than it being a matter of relationship. I mean, I was thinking like you could you could think of, you know, a hundred examples in our Catholic faith. Holy water, the sign of the cross, right? I, I remember it occurring to me once uh, when I hadn't just thought about the sign of the cross for a while that like I had, I had developed this sort of subconscious thought that, oh, I have to start and end prayer with the sign of the cross. Like the prayer won't mm-hmm. work yeah. or something, yeah. right? I think every cradle The, the portal doesn't away. open between me and God if I don't start yeah. with the sign of the cross. And obviously when you say it out loud, you're like, well, that's dumb. That can't be how it works. But it's it's funny how we slip into this magical thinking. And it, it part of the reason we do is because, as I, as I mentioned earlier, part of the ongoing journey of our faith life is to, is to um, have our faith become... Uh, not just a matter of belief and profession of our lips, but something that really permeates our heart, our will, you know, how we how we choose and how we relate to the world. And that's just a, an ongoing process. That takes a lot of transformation. And we're always uh, trying to not slip back into, um, well, we were talking about this earlier before the show today, a practical atheism. In other words, saying that we believe in God, but acting as if, it's through my wits and my power and my doing external things that I have to make the good happen. Yeah. Or that God is like an absent God that he, results like like a vending machine. Yeah, he's a vending machine. He's like an app store. Like if you put in the right you know? money and push the right things, you get this. Right. And if you put in the wrong money and push it, you get this yeah. or nothing or whatever. He's a force. You know, yeah, he's a, which is, I, I mean, it feels a lot more like Islam or maybe like reformed Calvinism or, or something or like occult, that. Or occult, you know, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, or occult. You know? I mean, that's, <laughs> like right. you, you get the accidents right. Yeah. You get this magic thing. Right. Um, yeah. And actually, we, we were joking before too, like you said, like novenas are for people who like live in monasteries or have all the time on their hands. And what's kind of funny is yeah. that that I said, like, because like, we were saying it was hard for us to remember to finish a a novena because like, Ideally, you have prayer time in the morning, but right. then your life is dependent on whether or not these six children decide you have prayer time in the morning. So, um, but I was saying that, like, I joked, like, I don't, I, 
I don't have time for novenas, hmm. nine day novenas. So I do nine hour novenas because yeah. I know if I just hit the restart button on my timer, <laughs> timer yeah. for every hour, I can yeah. get my novena throughout the day and I won't forget it the next day. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, let's talk for a second about, so using novenas as our example here to sort of, you know, illustrate these principles, because I've been thinking about this the past few months because I've been rethinking novenas, you know, uh, you know, and recognizing, okay, so it's not some, the external formula that matters or makes prayer efficacious. That's not what it is. It's, it's the gift of self mm -hmm. and what makes a novena or other words, an intentional set of prayers for, for an intention over time what makes that significant and special and powerful is that you've it's an opportunity to give more of a gift, right? If I, if I pray now for someone, that's this great gift of love to that person, a great gift of God by coming to him and, and asking for his help and showing him love. That's a great, wonderful gift. But just like in a human relationship, the, the, you know, committing to, oh, I'm going to give you this gift of attention and gift of in you know, attention and intention over time. That's a greater gift a greater gift of my attention, a greater gift of my time, a greater gift of myself. Mm -hmm. And so, so too with the novena, it's, it's giving this intentional gift, saying that I'm going to pray for this. Not only am I going to pray for it right now while I'm thinking about it, but I'm going to write it down. I'm going to pray for it again later. I'm going to keep coming back to this prayer intention, this person, the situation, and I'm going to continue. I'm going to go back over and over and pray for it. You know, And so I'm, I'm giving, it's just a, an increased a special gift of self. That's what makes it powerful that I've, I've committed not just to praying for it now, but returning over and over mm -hmm. to pray for this person or this, this situation. Yeah. And God is so good because I've experienced situations where I've started novenas and I forgot maybe like three or four days right. in the middle and the, the peace and the solution and the gift was granted anyway. Yeah. Um, and I found that a lot in my motherhood. Like mm -hmm. I'm very type A and I'm very, like everything depends on me. You know, everyone else's problems are my fault and I can fix them. Yeah. So like that's, that's my temperament and my disposition. And it's really beautiful to see God in my life take sacramentals away from me or things that I've wanted for in the faith away from me. <laughs> Um, like daily praying of the rosary, um, like, um, now oh, my brain's gone or like listening during mass at all, even a little bit, <laughs> like the last mass, I was a hundred percent out of the church. Like there was just, and we might be there for a while cause prudence is walking and loud. Um, so that's like, that means like right. 12 months out of the church building. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but so again, in those examples that you're giving though, the daily prayer and, and mass, Right? We, still, we still have to make a plan. We still have to try for it. Uh, and then we, we show up and we do the best that we can. We try to give God the attention that we can. And again, some, some masses out of nowhere, miraculously, we just have these wonderful, beautiful masses. Yeah. You know? And other times we just can't. We try. You know, the kids, you know, the little kids don't cooperate that day. And so, but the, the, how you respond to that is mm -hmm. key. And this is kind of what gets us back to the, the, the connection with the novena thing. Like if you're... It's a, it's a wonderful, awesome, and powerful thing to pray novenas. That, that's the reason that they're a thing in the church. That's the reason they're a tradition, because there is something really powerful there. But the question is, what's the, what's the power from? And so if you set out to pray a novena for a person or a thing in your life, and again, I think that that kind of purposeful gift of prayer is a really powerful thing, and, and you will see miracles that come from it. But if you do that, and you, you, know, you plan to pray for nine days, and you get three days in, and then and then you forget, you know, yeah. you miss a day. Your response to that is really key. 
right? Because it's um, oh, I got to say that's that's where the devil slips in, right? Because because the the temptation, the thought there is going to be like, oh, well, all the power is gone from this. Well, the implication of that thought that somehow this is not powerful or you know it won't work, this prayer won't work because I missed today. Implicit is that is that is once again that oh, prayer is magic. Mm -hmm. It has to fit some formula. You know, or it's it's a matter of my effort of fulfilling some formula, drawing some thing that's going to make it powerful. And it's like, that's not what prayer is. No, the reality of prayer is that it's all about God. It's all about my relationship with God. And so if I if I miss a day, you know what you do is you just get right back on. You say, sorry, God, here I am. I'm yeah. going to continue this novena. Or, or the relationship <laughs> with that saint. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you feel called to do a novena, mm -hmm. you know, or you're like, I need to do a novena for this this thing what's today and what's the end day and what right. saint is there. And then through that novena, yeah. you develop this present relationship with right. this saint. Yeah. Actually, we did a novena for a mom's group the other day um, and it ended on St. Catherine of Siena. Hmm. And, but as I was starting the novena, I felt her presence, hmm. which is not something I, like, like when I talk very candidly about feeling the presence of people in prayer, it does happen, but it's not like my norm. So I, I felt her there with me, and I felt Saint Cecilia too, which was crazy. Like it was, it was like she was there. So like I kind of adopted this Saint, like calling on Saint Cecilia or being present with Saint Cecilia while I was praying this novena to Saint Catherine of Siena. Hmm. Just yeah. So like they they may also be there because there's a particular saint who is guiding you and they wish to have a deeper relationship with you so that they can guide you even better. Right. And that is a, that is a mystery. But I need to tell you this Novena story, yeah, yeah. okay? Because before my conversion, I was new agey. I was a cradle Catholic, but I was totally like into new age, the occult. We have a UFO episode coming up soon. It's awesome. Um, but that's kind of where I was, okay? Mm. Um, and we're at like the nineties are back in now. So like witchy stuff and occult stuff. That's like, it's like they just picked up the stuff that was cool when I was a kid and now it's cool again. <laughs> um, yeah, demons are pulling the strings back there just in case you needed a warning. Um, but I had gone to like this new agey shop and I had bought candles and I had bought the colors of the candles based on ancient native American Native American, whatever that means. <laughs> like, if you asked me which tribe, I wouldn't have known because they don't sell them based on tribes, you know. Um, so I, I picked the colors that this Native American somehow said was important for the thing that I wanted, whatever that was. And then my grandma had given me a novena card to Our Lady of Guadalupe and um, a St. Lucy card because she's my confirmation saint. And... <laughs> And I was like, I just want to find a husband. And so I took out the color candles and I would light the candle for the love or whatever, whatever the thing was. I was, I mean, I know it was for the intention for a husband. Okay. And I prayed this novena to St. Lucy and Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I promised that my firstborn daughter would be named Maria Lucia. Okay. <laughs> Which our firstborn daughter is Lucy, Maria Lucia. And... On the ninth day, I met the person who precipitated my um, conversion, hmm. which it was a guy I ended up getting engaged to. But it was because of that engagement that, like, 
I came into the Catholic faith. Mm. Like I, I would not have continued in my Catholic faith. And, uh, but it's, it's just, it's so beautiful because I was doing it all wrong, <laughs> right? <laughs> but God takes these tiny little moments where you kind of sort of give your will, you know? Mm. Um, like I love Our Lady of Guadalupe because she's wearing blue, you know, it has stars and things, you know? Whatever. I don't know. I don't know yeah. why she was so attractive to me. But like she was there and she took care of me and St. Lucy took care of me. Um, but yeah, I just I think that's kind that of funny. That's a crazy story. Because. <laughs> well, that, that is the thing is that in some sense, the when we get back to what the power of prayer really is and the power of a novena really is, it's a very human sort of impulse. Right. Like I'm going to um, I'm going to give this gift of prayer to God, I'm praying for this thing. And so I'm going to go back to it over and over and over again. I think it's sort of our, our latent pagan impulse that starts mm-hmm. to slip in there. And, and, you know, when we want to control it too much, we start to think, okay, well, it's, it's about, it's all about the formula and I can't get it wrong. And if I don't, if I don't end the nine days on the saint's feast day, the prayer won't work. Well, and then you have to look right? for the I mean, sign like, that happens on the ninth day. Right. Where's the rose? And it's just, it's just not. St. <laughs> Therese, where's not, the rose? It's not how that works. It's not where the power lies. It lies in the but love and the gift. But it can. You know what I mean? Well, it, it can because God desires a relationship for, for, with us. And we have a veil. On this side of heaven, we have a veil, you know, to the spiritual life. And I don't know, like, he he's looking for a way to have a relationship with us. So sometimes... Mm-hmm. When you're very childlike about it, you know, like I'm praying to St. Therese and I want my rose on day nine. Sometimes he gives us a rose. Oh, yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Like I just mean the, the again, the, the magical thinking, the thinking that, um, again, I can control this. God mm-hmm. is a vending machine and I have to get yeah. the formula. Right. That, that's the that's the issue. When, that, and, and again, your point earlier that that it ultimately it comes down to love and to the gift and the relationship. And so, yeah, when that when your heart is moved in love to want to give this gift, to want to pray to God, to pray from your heart for this thing, yeah, God does show up for that because it, it's about the relationship. It really is. Yeah. I was thinking about, um, I'm a big fan of Brother Lawrence and his practice of the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a part in that tiny little book, you know, that's you know been around for a thousand years now almost, um, where he talks about, you know, he was this this monk who was very simple and is like, I, I can't read these complicated books of theology and spirituality. I'm, I'm too simple. I'm just going to practice the presence of God. I'm just going to always try to keep my mind on God. Whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be in conversation with him. And he makes this comment that whenever his mind would stray, right, he'd, he'd, he'd kind of wake up and realize, oh, I haven't been, I, I've kind of stepped away from God. Well, what was his response to that? And I, his response was very beautiful, and it, I feel like it bears on this, this conversation. His response was always, like, he wouldn't get bent out of shape. He wouldn't get worried or exasperated. He would just kind of go back to God in, in his heart and mind and just say, well, there there I go, God, without your grace. You know, like, I'm always going to go there. So here I am. I'm back, you know. Yeah. It was sort of this lighthearted just going back to God's presence. And I feel like that needs to be our attitude if we mess up a novena, right? Yeah. We mess up a novena. Yeah. It's like, oh, there I go again, God, but I'm back and I'm here, I'm praying with you again. Because ultimately, again, it's about that relationship. It's not about a magic formula. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, like, I, I would get really scrupulous about, like, if I just, like, Google a novena. Yeah. And then it would say, like, here's the novena prayer for every day. And then say, an Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory be. Right, right. And I would know, looking at that, if I get behind on a day, yeah, then I have to 
double it and it'll be too long. Which, like when you have super young kids, that, that really, like it really matters, like yeah. the amount of time that you take to do something formal, you know, or whether or not you're going to stop and be able to do it. So like I, I got over the course of a few years, I've, I've been able to like pull myself back from that scrupulosity right? and just be like, nope, I'll just do the day, pick up on the day, you know, that I... Yeah. I'm on now and say, whoops, sorry, God. <laughs> you know, it just occurred to me because you know I've seen that in novenas too, where, where I've taken a novena prayer. And I, actually, I've, sometimes I've had ones that I've prayed where I've I've adapted it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like I've, I've shortened it down or a little bit, the thing that I'm going to pray. Or the De Montfort consecration. Oh, yeah. Where it's got those long litanies. And then if you miss a day, you're like, oh, I've got to do three I days do of this litany that takes 15 minutes. Or you could just do today's yeah. prayers. <laughs> Yeah, or, you know. and if you do do it, right, like, like it's not like if you did it's all three prayers, that's the key. Yeah, it's a gift. You shouldn't do it a... out of this anxiousness or the scrupulosity yeah, it's or it's not going to work. work. It's, no, you can decide, oh, I'm going to give an extra big gift today. I'm yeah. going to pray all three prayers. That's fine. The point is it's a gift. You know, another example of this I was thinking, you know, that would be a point of potential confusion in the church is things like indulgences, you know, where the, where the you know, where the Pope or, you know, the, the church will say, okay, well, on this day, you know, with, with perfect contrition, you know, go to mass, go to confession and pray these prayers for something, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you receive this indulgence. Now there, it seems like there's a formula you got to follow. And the point, and the question is, is it about the formula? Is it a magic formula? And in the, I guess my response to that would be no, but the church has, because the church has the authority to bind and loose that mm-hmm. Christ gave to Peter, the, the, the Pope is establish, establishing He's, there's this invitation to to make this gift. He's proscribing a kind of gift. He's suggesting a kind of gift. It's not that you uh, that your prayer that doesn't fit that doesn't work, but it's just that in this case, because in the authority of the church, the Pope has the ability to um, to bind and loose, to invite you, to call you to something that. I guess God has, through the church, created this, this specific opportunity for making a gift well, of yourself. Well, I think it's an over, and this is this fits right with this, because <laughs> what it is is it's an overflow yeah. of the gift of the lives of the saints mm-hmm. that we know and that we don't know. Okay, the, the saints with a capital S, yeah. and then those saints that are great saints that whose names we'll never know and will only meet in heaven, that their joyfully hearted gifts it was like it was too much it was too much even in like reparation of their own lives Mm -hmm. that it's just like this treasury massive treasury of the church and so like the the holy father opens up the ability of that treasury to spill into the lives of like history of people in history yeah the common movement so that your so that your gift yeah can be so much bigger than you can even imagine right right so, anyway. Yeah, I mean, part of the thread throughout all these these things is just that, um, you know, throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, Christ is is calling us to remember the there's a proper procession of things, right? These these are to proceed from your heart. What you do externally, it's not <clears throat> unimportant. What you do with your body is not unimportant. What you do, how you worship, how you pray, it's not unimportant. Whether or not you tithe, it's not unimportant. All these things are not unimportant, but if they are done without a changed heart, they may not be good, mm-hmm. right? Or they may not be efficacious because the power isn't external. It's not a matter of, again, formulas or checkboxes. It's a matter of, of a gift of your heart. And so the church uh, guards revelation 
it, it shows us how to worship. It gives us the liturgy. It give, it protects the treasury of these devotions and prayers, you know, that have developed in the church. It, it gives us these ways of entering into relationship with God that God has given us. But it also, the church is there to remind us, to keep forming us in this reality that it, it has to proceed from a changed heart. If I'm praying, uh, the power is from God, um, and, the, and the efficaciousness of, of the prayer comes in my my conversion of heart and turning towards God, entering into that relationship. If I say the words, but I don't mean them, it doesn't matter. If I say the words, but I, I don't really care, I don't, I'm not really trusting God. If I say the words, but I'm trusting in the utterances of my mouth and not God's grace, then there's no power there. God has the power. And so the, the, the words, the liturgy, these forms, they're ways that we connect with God. His is the power, and it's our relationship with him. Yeah, yeah I do want to <laughs> make like a little caveat because <laughs> if you are really sick or just feeling super crappy <laughs> and you muscle through a mass or a novena prayer or your prayer time or the things that you're supposed to do, like, you know, your yeah. divine office or whatever, like, do it. <laughs> like, if you can do it, do it. Yeah, muscle through yeah, it, yeah. right? Make um, it a gift. So a gift even if love. you don't feel that your heart is overflowing with joy while you're giving it. You can trust in the future you Mm -hmm. or the past you that made those decisions. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's St. Ignatius of Loyola's discernment of spirits. Like when you feel like crap and you still do the thing, it's it's kind of because of your past you or your future you who has taken care of, I I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not not trying to like be like the multiverse or something like that, (laughs) but just like, you've set these things in place yeah. <clears throat> for the days that you don't feel good or like yeah. you can't do it. No, I know what you're saying. Like <clears throat> like one thing, I, a recurrent theme in my spiritual life is that I'll, I'll sort of crash and burn for a while. You know, I'll fall off my routine, my prayer life, and then I, I kind of come back. Okay. So then I'm I've set it back up and I'm praying again and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back close to God again. Okay. But then, then at some point that routine becomes routine. And then a subtle switch happens in my heart that I don't always catch in time. And that is I start to cling to the routine because the routine makes me feel good, mm-hmm. right? If I keep to this routine of prayer, then I get good feelings, mm-hmm. right? It keeps my life in order. And it's and it slowly stops becoming a gift. And mm-hmm. part of the journey there has to be not giving up the routine, but it's entering into it more intentionally. Mm-hmm. It's going to prayer. And even though it feels routine, and I'm trying to get through it because I want to be able to check it off my list. It's trying to really be present to it and say, no, no, this is not about checking off the list. This is not about the routine itself. This routine provides me the opportunity to keep coming back and trying to enter into God's presence. That's the key. Yeah. We go to mass over and over. It can become routine. It's not supposed to become routine, but it's supposed to give us this opportunity to come back over and over and keep getting better at opening our heart to God, mm-hmm. about being present to God, about loving God, about giving ourselves as a gift to God. Uh, it, it can become mere routine if we let it, but that's that's why we keep coming back. We keep practicing. We just have to keep remembering what we're practicing, which is this yeah. gift of love. Yeah. yeah. I remember I didn't realize the, like I got all the symbolism and why we did all the things at Mass, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand why the routine of it mattered mm-hmm. until we had our third child. Mm-hmm. And I could no, I no longer had enough hands yeah. to have all three children on a lap or controlled. You know, and and I remember Dominic did something. He was he had to have been four, and like he 
must have like kicked the person in front of us or spit on the person in front of us or poked something like that something that was just like uh, on another person and i i was in the middle of the creed no, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters. That's not the creed, obviously. Confidior. Yeah. Um, but I was saying it, and I was interspersing commands <laughs> to the kid, like don't, don't do that. Don't pull your, don't pull your sister. Don't do this. And then I would be, to you, Almighty it. God. You know, like, and I would yeah. go back and forth to the prayer, and I realized that like that routine is such a gift to our humanity. Yeah. Because I know exactly what to expect. It, I, even parenting a kid means that I can like come, I can join right back into the prayer and my heart lifts back into the prayer because it knows where it is, right. you know, and it's connecting with the masses that came before that I've experienced with yeah. grace, you know, and your, your mindset goes back into the mass and that it's, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that prior to kid kicking somebody in the head. Yeah. Mass. <laughs> it says in the catechism, prayer is simply a lifting of heart and mind to God. I think mm-hmm. a, a saint was quoted. Saint Teresa. Saint yeah. yeah, I just yeah. read that to there the kids go. the other day. <laughs> prayer is a lifting of heart and mind to God. So we have routines of prayer. Uh, we're invited to make novenas, you know, these, these intentional prayers over time for a per- person or for an intention. But we got to keep in mind that the real heart of prayer is this lifting of heart and mind to God over and over and over again. Uh, it's not. It's not the... In the end, it's not our words, it's not our strength, it's not some external form, it's not the vending machine, it's lifting our heart and mind to a real person mm-hmm. who is the source of grace and power, you know, and who loves us. So, that was a little bit messy, but I think we got awesome. some good stuff no, out of there. Awesome. No, yeah, this is good. So, is if good. you uh, agree with us, comment. <laughs> if you disagree with us, comment. <laughs> Tell us why we're wrong. Tell uh, us what novenas you like. Yes. Um, I love reading novena stories. So if you have an awesome oh, novena love story, to let some me novena know. Stories. Yeah. 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 And keep uh, keep uh, our daughter in prayer as she. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. So, again, thanks for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. You can check out elevateordinary.com for past episodes. Um, I think we have an, e- an email address, elevateordinary at gmail.com. D- I, I will don't know. I will check that after, after the show today. I'm pretty sure I set it up. So <laughs> <laughs> if you get a weird response, it's not me. I guess, I guess not. <laughs> Um, Yeah, but we'll be back again next time. So God bless. Talk to you then.